Kia ora, I'm Stephen Moe. I'm a director and impact lawyer. You're listening to Board Matters. In this series, I speak to top New Zealand directors who I met on the Advanced Directors course run by the Institute of Directors. My guests share their unique perspectives on governance and what they've learned along the way. We start with the question, what would the title of your book on governance be and why? Well, it's a real pleasure to welcome Nahihi Otera Bidwa. He's a member of the IOD and sits on seven boards, and he's the chair of four of them. He's involved with health boards, Maori trust boards, and is the chair of Eastern Fish and Game. Nahihi is a professional director and a professional speaker, and Nahihi will introduce himself with his pepeha, giving his whakapapa connections. Kia ora, Stephen. Yeah, so my pepeha ki te taho o tōku pāpā nō Ngāti Rangi Wewehi, Ngai te rangi me Ngāti Rangi Nui a hau hewa anō ko te aro te waka, ko Tommy Bidwa tōku pāpā. Ki te taho o tōku māmā nō Ngāti Whāua Ngāti Tahu, Ngāti Tūwhare Toa hau ko Doreen Tanirau tōku māmā, ko Ngāhihi o te rā Bidwa e mahi ana ki o koutou katoa. Thank you so much for joining me. I am actually really looking forward to this because you probably remember one of the things that kicked off the course was a question. And the question was, if you were writing a book on governance, what would the title of that book be? So I'm really curious to understand, what was your title? I have been in governance a number of years as a professional director. And what I have seen is a trend which led to the book title that I came up with, which is the place of te reo Māori and tikanga Māori in the boardroom. So where is the place of Māori language and protocols around the Māori culture in the boardroom? So that was, that was the title of my book uh, as a result of that course here. I'm actually really excited to hear that because I would love to learn more about that topic. <laughs> so diving a bit deeper, I mean, as, as in the intro I said, you're currently on seven different boards. Do you, can you just unpack for us a little bit more about that title? Yeah, what would that world look like? Te Reo Māori, which became an official language of New Zealand in 1987, should be in the boardrooms. And there are aspects of the Māori culture that should be in our boardrooms too in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Language and culture bring many attributes to an effective board. That's really good. Um, I'd love to know a little bit more, you know, let's dive a little bit deeper. What exactly is it that you'd be encouraging boards to consider um, when it comes to this? I think one of the aspects that boards are facing into the future and a challenge to many boards is diversity. And by encouraging Māori people, the Indigenous people of New Zealand, to come onto our boards, I think it's a good place to start by pronouncing their names right, for example. That starts with Te Reo Māori. I think it's a good place to start with pronouncing place names correctly. Something as simple as Rotorua, Waikato. We've seen a lot of improvement in people pronouncing those place names, but I think there is still a, a way to go at the board table. The more that boards do business with Māori, let's face it, the Māori economy is, is going through the roof, then the more important that is going to be as well. I've been considering um, quite a lot recently the idea of Indigenous governance. Uh, I'm actually writing a paper right now, and, and we've been thinking about that. And in writing the paper, I started it with what are the top 10 things that we can adopt 
or bring across. And my co-author, Matariki, really challenged me on that and said, we have to start the paper with the fact that we're fundamentally talking about different worldviews. Mm. And if you come at it from a Western perspective, then of course, Stephen, you're naturally going to be saying, well, what's the top 10 tips I can take? Whereas if you come at it from a philosophical perspective, understanding that it undergirds everything, then all of a sudden your attitude probably changes. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, certainly. So in an indigenous board, which I chair a few of, we talk about 100-year plans. We talk about looking after the generations that haven't been born yet. We talk about what have our ancestors done and left for us to continue on their behalf. So it's 100 years back and it's 100 years forward as well. And so that alone is a Māori culture indigenous concept, which underlines the values of what we do and how we do it. So when we are engaging with organisations, that's one of the questions we will ask them is, okay, what are you like with Te Reo Māori for a start, but what is your 100-year plan? What is your plan as a business and organization? And that's that alone is, is an example of, of what I mean when I when I talk about indigenous boards and indigenous governance, you know, and there are many others. Having a name like Matariki is a sign is a sign in itself, isn't it, Stephen? Mm-hmm. So, you know, even the concepts around Matariki have many indigenous aspects to them of pre-planning what the food is going to be like and karakia that will be said and many other aspects of matariki that are that are found in the indigenous knowledge there. Many years ago I studied under Mason Jury. There are three kinds of knowledge in the world. One is scientific knowledge, which is basically Western knowledge where theories are proven or not proven. And second one through science, the second one is faith. You either believe it or you don't. And he said the third, which was the fastest growing knowledge back then worldwide, was indigenous knowledge. It's important to realize that indigenous knowledge is not scientific knowledge and neither is it faith. It does embrace aspects of that. But indigenous knowledge has a compartment, if you want, an area that is its own, carries its own mana in that sense. So when I'm talking about te reo Māori and talking about tikanga Māori, I'm talking about Indigenous knowledge. We've probably got some listeners who are on boards where looking around the room, they are Pākehā. <laughs> what would be your encouragement to, to somebody listening who is on a board like that? Yeah, I, I would say to them, pick up what your grandchildren are doing. It's highly likely that their grandchildren are coming home from school speaking Māori, that Words like whare and fano are just natural to their grandchildren. I'd encourage Pākehā people to pick up the changes that are happening around them and to go with the changes. My wife is Pākehā and she is fluent in the Māori language. We brought our children up only speaking Māori to them. And she's been adopted by my tribe. She knows protocols from my tribe. One of my elders even said, when are you going to receive your, your moko kauai for being amongst our people? If my Pākehā wife can do it, I know that you can as well. And there are many, many areas where you can learn, many places you can learn te reo Māori. And you don't have to do the big steps. It all happens with small steps and how we acknowledge fellow board members who are different from ourselves. That's what I'd encourage is to allow themselves to learn from their grandchildren, really. Coming back to the title of the book, 
Um, did your book title change by the end of the course, or did it just reaffirm what you had chosen? The course that we did reaffirmed what my title would be and what my book would be. It reaffirmed it because I could even see that the Institute of Directors were moving through this process themselves and were looking at developing courses. Well, they had developed courses with Jim Mather starting to promote those and those courses looked at Māori and governance and what does Māori governance look like and so for me throughout the course there are many aspects that happened which which reaffirmed for me that te reo Māori and the Māori culture has a place in any New Zealand boardroom. One of the big aspects that encouraged me was one of our directors who came and spoke to, spoke to us and I thought, wow, you know, why is this guy speaking to us? He's the person that everyone talks about being a, a pale, stale male, if I can put it that way. And he opened with a mihi to us all in Māori. And then he told us who he was and where he came from in Te Reo Māori as well. And his whole conversation was about the place of Te Reo Māori and Māori at board tables. And so he really affirmed for me the position that I had taken with my book. And he was the, the chair of Te Pāmu, one of the biggest boards in New Zealand. So, Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think for me, one of the highlights actually was the session that Jim um, Mather was leading. And you also joined in from memory. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we had some wonderful, um, even some songs and some haka and some different things that were going on. And I think everyone who was there felt like that was quite a... A, a deeper level, which I guess is, you know, reinforcing, like you say, the importance of this, particularly in an Aotearoa New Zealand context. And to be honest, there are many Māori people like Jim who are able to contribute. We have just looked for opportunities to be able to contribute and they haven't been open to us. And so we have just been carrying on with our own boards and with our own businesses and, and doing what we do as an iwi, as the Indigenous people of Aotearoa. It's only now, I'd say, in the last five years that things are starting to come to the fore. But I can assure you, we have been talking about this on our marae for the last hundred years. It is interesting to watch trends, isn't it? And I, th I think you're right. I, I have an accent, but I actually grew up in New Zealand and then had gone overseas and came back six years ago. And even in that six years, I've seen massive change in this area. So yeah. I think you're right. There's more of an openness. I think there's more of a, I hope, beyond a box ticking exercise that we've had somebody come in and do the karakia to open the conference I think there's an understanding among organizers that you also need them to sit on the panel. You know, it's not just the, we ticked the box of showing, it's actually the substance, isn't it? Yes, and I, I think we as uh, people are watching that as well. Organizations who have done that, that in the past are not being as supported as those who haven't done that. So organizations who are like the BNZ, for example, you know, they developed teams many years ago to bring into their organization. And now they've just won an award for their Māori team within BNZ. So there are people like the BNZ that have been developing this over a number of years and are well past the, the stage that you just said, Stephen, of calling someone in to do a karaki or something. It's about the organization itself changing, about the board table changing you know and for us it's it's not just about 
culture. It's not just about the Māori culture. It's about diversity as far as female hair expertise that they bring, which is important to all of us, you know. Yeah, for sure. Well, I love the themes that we're talking about here. So thank you for raising it. I'm just curious, we've talked a bit about some trends that we're seeing in the future. What would, are there, is there anything else that you'd like to point out to people, say, over the next 10 years? Anything in the governance landscape that you think is charting the way into the future? Yeah, I guess, you know, what I've just said, and it's, that's really about the adaptability to the culture and to the changes that we're going through is Aotearoa. But to answer your question more specifically, I'd like to call on one of the later boardroom. So I'm, a, as you said earlier, a member of the IOD Institute of Directors. Even in this board magazine is an article, the top issues for directors in 2022, which I think speaks to the next five or 10 years as well, Stephen. And the five issues that are pointed out are one, climate crossroads, and we discussed that at length in our course that we just finished and the regulations that are coming through as far as climate goes. We, Felicity also talks about reconnecting globally. That's just totally important. I mean, you know, the Prime Minister has just started that process, hasn't she, by visiting Asia and, and recent, more recently visiting America. The talent shortage, there's definitely a talent shortage in New Zealand and on the Lakes DHB that I'm on, there's definitely a, a shortage of doctors and nurses and there's going to be even more shortages with our people, young people going overseas. The character of the board, which I think we've just talked about. And the fifth aspect is the active regulators. So differences that are happening, things that are happening around us that we do need to adjust to, including regulations and, and keeping up to speed with health and safety. And those five really summarize the future for us really nicely. And what would be something that you'd like to maybe leave as a challenge for our listeners or even offer as a gift that they can think about going forward in their own governance careers? One of our speakers talked about having a depreciation rate and something has a value of five years, then it's going to depreciate 20% every year. Looked at himself and said, what is my depreciation rate? How am I going to address that? So how am I going to improve myself so that I am not depreciating as a director? He did that through learning te reo Māori and going further and embracing the Māori culture at the board table and increasing diversity with more females, et cetera, et cetera, right across everything that he was doing. And so the challenge that I would give to directors is what is your depreciation rate? So what is your depreciation rate and how are you going to address that? That's really good because it emphasizes that idea that we are always learning. And I think yes. that's something that you can, you know, you never reach the point where you know everything, <laughs> which is kind of, you know, it's actually reassuring that, that even experienced people who've been doing this for years, they're always learning and always, you know, developing more. So Nahihi, when can I buy your book? Are you actually going to work on it? Do you think? I, I have already written a book, which is good. And it's available on my website, which you obviously, as a professional speaker, I have a website. I am going to write this book because I, I think it has a place that would help many people, which is why I would write the book, is to help others. You know, I think as directors, that's what we are all directors for, is to help and support people and to serve others. And as a leader, it's certainly something that I do. 
and I know that you do as well. And so me writing this book would definitely be along those lines, and that's what my motivation would be to not only help directors at the board table, but to ensure that Te Reo Māori and Tikanga Māori have a place not only at the board table, but in the Rotaro and indeed changing world that we find ourselves living in. The Māori proverb that comes to mind, ko te manu e kai te miro no nā te ngahere, ko te manu e kai i te mātauranga no nā te ao katoa. And that translates as the bird that partakes of the middleberry replenishes the forest. However, the bird that partakes of the knowledge and education like we've shared today replenishes the world. And so for us, it's about taking the knowledge that we have, not only for ourselves, but for those around us and indeed for the whole world as well. I really loved um, all of the things that we've talked about. So it just uh, leaves me to say, Nahihi, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Um, if people are interested, we'll be able to put links in the show notes so that they can click through and find out more. And I will be one of the ones waiting to buy your book in the future. So <laughs> thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me on your show, Stephen. Really appreciate it. Ngā mihi kia koe, kia kaha, kia maia, kia This is Stephen Mao, and you've been listening to Board Matters, presented by the Institute of Directors, the professional body for directors in Aotearoa, New Zealand. If you enjoyed this episode and you're keen to listen to more, then why not subscribe, leave a rating, and check out some of the other episodes in this series. Thanks for listening. Ka kite anō.